Okay, good morning everybody. Today's daf is Babakama daf Kuf Yutas, the very last daf in Mesechus Babakama. We are holding at the Mishnah on daf Kuf Yud Chesem Beis. Today's year is sponsored by Dr. David Lander in honor of his wife and children. And Lila Nishmas' mother, Goldabas Simchala Shalom, Shem Shem Naliyah. Also by Daniel Sadian for the success of Kali Shalom these times. And Atzacha for our soldiers and for our captives. They should all return home safely. Also by Simeon Moshe Kleinman in memory of Moshe's grandmother, Fego Bas Mordechai Menachem, whose yard site is today. And Lila Nishmas Rafal Moshe, Limelech Ben Chanoch Aliyoh Levi, who was Nifter on Tuesday, the Nisham Moshe Aliyah. Also sponsored anonymously with Chusr for Shlema for Moshe Aaron Ben Le. Bela, who was severely injured in Gaza on Monday, and finally by Rabbi Bruckheimer in loving memory of his wife, Hindel Bas al Yakama Cohen, and also in honor of his real bar mitzvah anniversary, which is in. Adar Shani. We thank all of the sponsors very, very much for these sponsorships. So what we're going to talk about today is first the mission is going to discuss who you should not buy things from because you have to be choshesh that maybe the items that are, that you're being sold are in fact stolen. The Gemara is going to talk about when you uh, um, when, when can you uh, buy from a Shomer Peros or uh, under what circumstances can you assume that a Shomer Peros is selling you something is not selling you Peros that do not belong to him. The Gemara is then going to discuss, can you destroy the property of a Moser? You're allowed to kill a Moser. What about his property? Then the Gemara is going to have a machlokas, had a darshan a pasuk that refers to the idea that when you steal from somebody, it's costing a nefesh. So who, who's nefesh? The Gazlan's nefesh? The Nigzal's nefesh? And we're going to have several psukim that, uh, that associate stealing with killing. And the Gemara is going to discuss why we need so many psukim that I that, that is essentially seem to teach us the same idea. Then right before the mission on the bottom of Amadalf, the Gemara is going to talk about what can you buy or take from women, and, uh, and you don't have to assume that it was st- it's being taken or, or sold or given without their husband's uh, permission. Then the last Mishnah in the Masechta, on the bottom of Kuf Yutas Amadalf, is going to discuss who gets the leftover trimmings from various jobs, right? If a person is a carpenter, so there's all sorts of sawdust and wood chips and things like that. A person is a tailor, and there are, there are the trimmings of the of the, uh, of the the material and the cloth and the threads. So there's going to be a lot of stuff about weaving that I'm not really sure I understand, but we'll try our best. And, uh, you know, and the, the threads that are, so, that are associated with it, and who's entitled to... To, uh, to those things. So let's begin. That takes us all the way to the end of the Masechta. So let's begin with the Mishnah on Daf Kuf Yudches Amud Bey. So it says the Mishnah, Ein lochin min haroim, you're not allowed to buy from a shepherd, tzemer v'chalav g'diyim, you're not allowed to buy wool, nor chalav, milk, nor g'diyim, because uh, maybe he stole those things uh, from the Balabais, and the Balabais has entrusted him and uh, the, you know to, to watch, but not to keep, and he's, he's, he's taking these things, and Stealing them, the Rambam writes in Ilchus Keneva that by buying from someone who your choshesh may have stolen things, you're encouraging them to steal more because they see that it's a good business that they're able to find buyers. So therefore, it's like a lefneiver. You're also not allowed to buy from shomer peros eitzimu peros wood or peros avalochin minanoshim kleitzemer biyuda kleipishton begalil. But you're allowed to purchase from women wool clothing in Yehuda and pishton clothing in Galil because. Uh, 
women are typically involved in these uh, in making these types of clothing and selling them in those location, uh, locations, and we don't have to worry that maybe they're selling them without the rishos of their husband. It's what all the women in their neighborhoods do, and uh, the husbands obviously know about it. Agolim b'Sharon, and you're allowed to buy agolim uh, small calves in Sharon, which is a place where uh, they raise calves, and therefore you're allowed to buy them. But anytime you're buying from anybody, a good rule to have, and they tell you, don't tell anybody, or uh, they do it in a very secretive way, so that's going to be Asr, because uh, obviously there's a chashash that, it, that it's a stolen item. You could buy uh, eggs and chickens anywhere, because the, uh, the, the, they're so cheap that it's unlikely that someone is going to risk being caught stealing for such a tiny markup, for such a tiny profit. So the Gemara quotes a Brayseh. You're not allowed to buy from shepherds, goats, or uh, or, or small uh, animals, or the shearings of animals. Nor the, uh, the the pieces of wool that come off from the uh, from the sheep uh, little by little of man tfurin, but you're allowed to buy sewn uh, woolen clothing because even if it was made from wool that was stolen, the person was ready kona bishinoi by uh, by sewing it together. That's how Rashi writes. And once he's kona bishinoi, even though the reason for the isser still applies, I mean the reason for the isser is that if you purchase stolen things, you're going to be encouraging him to steal more. But since it's not valuable. Uh, and now he's also so that's what the Achronim explained that combination of the fact that you don't know that it was stolen for sure and even if it was stolen he was allows you to buy from that uh, from that person a lot of the Rishonim aren't so uh, happy with Rashi's interpretation that the reason you're allowed to buy it is because he was because it doesn't need to be sewn together to be meaning if he if he took the wool he spun it and he made threads out of it and he wove it I mean there's a lot of other steps in the process that wore a shinoi before he sewed different garments together. So uh, if, the, if that's what it's all about, the shinoi would have happened way earlier in the process. So the Rashba quotes from the Raivid that he's uh, selling the the tzlushin shaltzemer when they're sewn one to the other and there's uh, and, and it's it's so large that it's the amount that you would get from four or five gizin. So the Bryce is allowing you to buy from him because minastam, he didn't steal it because if he would have stolen it, he wouldn't have uh, he would have sold it little by little. He wouldn't have uh, had that much on hand where he could get caught with so much stuff. So the fact that he's selling so much at a time, that's a riot that he didn't steal it, and that's what it's about. It's not about Kona Bishino, he says, the riot. You're allowed to buy milk or cheese from them in the Midbar because to bring it all the way back home is a big schlep, so the Balabayas allows the Roa to keep these things that uh, when they're out in the Midbar. But not in uh, the Yishuv because then the Balabayas wants those things back. You're allowed to buy four or five sheep or four or five gizin of wool from them. But not two. Rabbi Yudha says that sown that comes back uh, home at night, you're allowed to buy from them because the Balabais would know the exact number, how many he has, and he's going to know if anything's missing. So if the guy is selling it to you, obviously the Balabais is aware of it. But you're not allowed to buy Midbarios because the Balabais doesn't know 
know exactly how many animals he has out in the midbar. So uh, when the guy is selling it to you, it could be without the rishos of the balabais. Kol Anything that if the roev, that if the shepherd would sell, the balabais would realize that something is missing, that you're allowed to buy from them. The But if it's the kind of thing the balabais would never notice, you're not allowed to buy from them because you have to be choshesh, that maybe it's stolen. So that's the brisa. So now the Gemara goes back to explain yeah, the price. Amar Lokhman Arba Bukhamish Tson Arba Bukhamish Gizin. We said you're allowed to buy four or five Tson and Gizin. Well Hashi Islamar Bazavnin if I'm allowed to buy four from them, Khamish me buy do you need to then tell me I'm allowed to buy five? It's a Kalvachomer. If I could even buy four from them, of course I'm allowed to buy five uh, from from uh, from them. Uh, so says Mar Amrav Khista Arba Amito Khamisha. When it says Arba Bukhamish it doesn't mean four or five. What it means to say is that you're allowed to buy from them them four out of five. That if the uh, if you if he's a shepherd of a flock of only five sheep, you're allowed to buy four of the five sheep because there's no way he'll get away with stealing eighty percent of the flock without the balabais realizing. So obviously the balabais is aware of it. The ikeda amri and others say that amrav chista katan chamish No, it depends on the size of the flock. If it's a smaller flock, you're only allowed to buy uh, um, you're allowed to buy four uh, where the balabais would realize that it's missing. But if it's a larger flock, you're not allowed to buy four because the Balabais may not notice that four are missing from a larger flock. But five you're allowed to buy. That he would notice and therefore you could presume that the shepherd has permission to sell it. But now we have an inherent stira because Amrit, the implication is that you're not allowed to buy less than four. That if it's three you wouldn't be allowed to buy it because that the Balabais may not notice and therefore it might be stolen. But a safe but then the Sefer goes on to say, Avalo, Shteitzon. But you're not allowed to buy two, which implies, Hashalos of Ninan, that you are allowed to buy three. So it's in the Lokasha. Habibreasa, Habibreasa. That if it's a very healthy sheep that the Balabais is always uh, concerned about and looking at, and he's going to realize that they're missing, so that's what the Sefer is talking about, that you're allowed to buy three from them, because it's probably not stolen. And when, the, and when we say that you're not allowed to buy three from them, that's talking about when it's very weak zone, where the Balabais is not really paying much attention to them, so then you wouldn't be allowed to buy three, even uh, uh, even three from them. And then we learned in the Bright so that Rabbi Yudah says, you're allowed to buy the Bayasos from them, but not the Midbarios, not the animals that are out in the Midbar. So you buy Is Rabbi Yudah going on the Reisha of the Brisa and he's coming to be Machmir, or is he going on the Seifa of the Brisa and he's coming to be Mekil? I mean, Rabbi Yudah introduces a Chilik between by Yasos and Midbarios. Up until now, the Chiluk was only in terms of how many animals. So is Rabbi Yehuda coming to introduce a Chumrah that even in the amount of animals that you thought you're allowed to buy, but if it's, uh, if it's Midbarios, you're not allowed to. Or is he coming to introduce a Kula that even the amount of animals you thought you're not allowed to buy, but if it's in Bayasos, you are allowed to buy. So Aresha Kayelu Chumrah, is he going on the Resha and therefore a Chumrah, the Amar, that it says in the Resha, Lo Chimran Arbav, you're allowed to buy four or five because the Balabais would obviously notice if that went missing. But and he introduces, Rabbi introduces, but Hanimili Bayasos, he would only notice that if they were domesticated, if they were
there were the ones that come back home, Avul Midbarios, but if there were the ones that are around in the Midbar, Afilu Avul Chamishalo, you're not even allowed to buy four or five because the Balabais will notice such a thing. Odilma Asefa Kayulukula, or maybe he's going on the safe and coming to be Makil. Da Amar Avaloshtate Sonvaloshtate Gizin. The Bryce says you're not allowed to buy two, and Rabbi Yudha says that which you're not allowed to buy two is Hanimili Midbarios. That's only if they're in the Midbar where he won't notice. But if they're in the bayis, you're even allowed to buy two because the guy will notice. So Tashma says, "Mar will bring a raya what Rabbi Yudu was doing, whether he's being machmir or mekel." The time you're Rabbi barios. You're allowed to buy bayosos from them, but not midbarios. But wherever you are, you're allowed to buy four or five. Meaning, even if it's midbarios, you're allowed to buy four or five because there's no way the balabais doesn't notice four or five going missing. So Ooh, so that indicates to us that Rabbi is going on the safe and he's coming to introduce a kula, that even that which you thought you're not allowed to buy, if it is uh, by Yassos, you are allowed to buy. That's what Rabbi Yehuda was introducing. So, that's in fact a raya. So, he's then that you're not allowed to buy from Shomre Peros, Eitzim or Peros. So, Rav Zavin Shabishta Rav bought vines or, uh, or, or, or trimmings of a, of a tree from an artist. Amalei Abai from a sharecropper. So Amalei Abai Vatanan, Lomi Shomer Peros, Eitzim Peros. Didn't we say you're not allowed to buy Eitzim Peros from Shomer Peros? Isn't a sharecropper just a type of Shomer Peros? Amalei, Hani Mili, Dilasi Begubna Dar Midi, Avlaris, Di Isla Begavei, Ema Minafshei Kamazbin. He says, no, that's only if the Shomer Peros is only a Shomer. But when he has a stake in the land, when he actually gets a certain percentage of that which the land produces, so then you're allowed to buy from him because he might be selling you that which actually rightfully uh, belongs to him. The Torah writes that's only bestam, that you don't know that he's uh, bringing you from the shutfus and therefore you assume that he already divided what his portion and the other guy's and the owner's portion and he's selling you from his portion. But if you know that they did not yet do the chalukah, says the Torah, then you're not allowed to buy from an artist either because he's probably selling you pre-chalukah and then afterwards he's going to do the chalukah and that also is stealing from the, uh, from the balabayas. Beisios disagrees. Beis Yosef says that even if they haven't done the Chalukah, he'll add that to the math when he's, uh, when he's doing the Chalukah. He'll make the Cheshbin and he'll make sure that he's, uh, that he's doing it honestly. You're allowed to buy from Shomer Peros when they're sitting and they're selling and the baskets are in front of them. The Tortini Lefneim and they have big uh, scale in front of them to weigh out what they're selling because once it's such a public thing, it's obviously not stolen items. They're selling it legitimately. Main Asr, but if they tell you quick run hide, so then that's going to be Asr. If they're trying to tell you to hide it because uh, that makes it sound like it's stolen items, it probably is st- stolen items. Welcome to Pesach Gina. You're allowed to buy from them at the entranceway to the Gina, Avalome Echore Gina, but not uh, behind the Gina because that looks like Derek Neva if they have to take you to a back alley somewhere in order to do the purchase. So Itmar Gazlan Me'emos Mutzal Liknos Semenu. When from when can you purchase? from a gazlan, meaning uh, at what point can you say that whatever I'm buying from this guy, he's such a gazlan, whatever I'm buying from him is probably stolen, and when can you say, you know, he, he's a gazlan, but he also probably has things that actually legitimately belong to him. So Rav, Rav says, you need to have rov of his mamon is his, then you could buy from him. Even if only a minority of his money is his, you're allowed to buy from him. So Rav Yehuda Rav Yehuda Paskin Ta'ad Daila, Kedivrei Omer 
like Shmuel, that even if a miut of the money is his, you're allowed to buy from him. So we said, Mamon Masr, the Mamon of a Masr, someone who shows other people's fields to Anasim, who are then going to go take it and confiscate it and pillage it. So Ravuna Rav Yehuda, Chadam Ramutzal Abdo Biyad, you're allowed to destroy the Mamon of a Moser directly. Chadam Asul Abdo Biyad, you're not allowed to go and just directly destroy the Mamon of a Moser. So Madi Ramutzal Abdo Biyad, the one that says that you're allowed to do it is because Loye Mamonu Chamer Migufo, you're allowed to kill the guy. So uh, why wouldn't you be allowed to, uh, to to destroy his money, right? If you're allowed to kill him, so of course you should be allowed to destroy his money. The Shach and Choshemishpah and the Simreish Peches says that uh, that that that. Uh, that, that, that when Alidei Ibud Mamono, it's going to be a Hatzalah for the Nimsar, uh, because the, let's say, for example, the Moser is going to become so poor by you destroying his money that no one's going to listen to him anymore. The only reason people listen to him is because they think of him as a powerful person. They think of him as powerful because he's rich, but if you uh, destroy all of his money, no one's going to pay any attention to him anymore, and he'll lose all of his power of Mesira. So then, for sure, you're allowed to be Ma'abid Mamono. He says the whole need don't over here is where it's not going to help the Nimsar, right? That's that's the whole uh, the whole discussion. The problem is that uh, then what's the kavuchomer? The whole kavuchomer was if I'm allowed to kill him, then of course I'm allowed to steal his money. Well, I'm only allowed to kill him if it's matzil the nimsa. I'm not allowed to just stam kill a guy. It's only if it's going to be matzil the people who he's massiving. That, that you're allowed to kill him. So then the whole Kaldah Chomer falls apart because we're trying to show that you're allowed to destroy his money even when it's not a Hatzalah for the Nimsar. So how do you prove that from the fact that you're allowed to kill him when it is a Hatzalah for the Nimsar? So that's the Kasha that the Shach has. The Avni says that the Kaldah Chomer is if you're ever allowed to kill him, then it's a Kaldah Chomer to, uh, that, that, that you're always allowed to destroy his money. So anyway, the one that says you're not allowed to destroy his money is because, well, he doesn't deserve to have any money. Money, but his children do. He might have tzaddikim as children. Uksiv uh, and the pasuk says Yachin Rasha v'tzaddik Gilbash That sometimes the Rasha will prepare things, and the tzaddik will uh, benefit from those things. So his children will be the tzaddikim, or can benefit from those things. Rav Chista Avlehu had a certain sharecropper. who would weigh everything out uh, that that which he would give to Rav Chista for his portion, that which he would take for himself for his portion. He was very precise in the way he would weigh everything out. Salke Rav Chista fired him. Kara nafshev v'tzavlan tzaddik and Rav Chista said that he's a tzaddik, he's taking the chilek of the artist who is a big chote for being so precise in the way he measures things. Marsha is uh, puzzled by this. This is Rashi's first interpretation of the Gemara. Isn't he doing exactly what he's supposed to do? Right? He's being very precise, not only what he takes for himself, in what he's making sure that Rav Chista gets as well. He's doing his job with, uh, with great precision. So Rashi has a second interpretation that, no, he was taking mechza, he was taking half. An artist that takes half is taking way too much. I mean, really, uh, it wasn't a good deal for Rav Chista. An artist typically is supposed to take a third, and this guy was taking a half. So that's what Rav Chista was saying. I can't believe I was duped into uh, making such an agreement with this artist. The Gemara brings Psukim about how serious this, uh, the, the Avera, the, the Onesh is for stealing from other people. When you steal, it's as if you're, you're losing a nefesh. Whose nefesh? The Gazlan's nefesh or the Nigzal's nefesh? So that's a machlokas. The one that says that it's nefesh, that the derech of someone who goes 
Ezel is that it, uh, he thinks that he got it for free, but really he's taking the nefesh of the Nigzal, and it's as if he killed him. Mandiam Nafshash the Gazlan, the one that says that it's the Gazlan's nefesh, Luxiv, Altigzal Dal, Kidalu, Valtadaka Yali Bishar, Kiashem Yariv Rivam, the Kaves Kovayem, Nefesh. That Kurdish Baruch who's going to take vengeance for you stealing from poor people through Nefesh, meaning the Nefesh of the Gazlan. The uh, second number of the house who explains that it's the nefesh of the Gazan, what's he going to do with nefesh balav yikach, which makes it sound like it's the nefesh of the nigzal? So my balav, balav the hashda, balav doesn't mean the nigzal, it means the guy who currently is the bailum because he stole it. Vidachnami, I, the one that says that it's the nefesh of the nigzal, akzivakavis koveim nefesh, that Kurdish Baruch is going to take revenge on your nefesh. Doesn't that sound like the Gazan? No, matam kamar, matam akavis koveim mishum to kavay nefesh. Why is it that Hashem is going to take vengeance on their behalf? Because you took their nefesh, but it's still the nefesh of the nigzal. If a person steals a shavu pruta from someone else, it's as if he took his neshama from him. And on top of that, there's a pasuk in Yirmiyahu about uh, the Malchus Bavel when they come to fight a war with Kali By eating your ketzir and your lechem, it's as if they ate your children because uh, now you don't have what to. What to feed your children? The Omer. There's a pasuk in Yoel about uh, the the downfall of Mitzrayim and Edom, where it says Mechamas bnei Yehuda shavchu damna kibar tzam. So the the, the Hamas is considered like shvichus damim, and that's so stealing. It's like shvichus damim. The Omer. And there's a pasuk in Shmuel Beis when it talks about the cause of the famine that happened in the days of Davra Melech El Shol Vel Beis Adam Malashar Hemis Asakavonim because he killed the Givonim. He, we never find that Shol ever killed any Givonim. But what did he do? He, uh, he, by killing Novira Kohanim, he cost the Parnasa of the Givonim. And by them not having Parnasa, that's Ki'ilu that he killed them. So again, you see that taking someone's money is like killing them. So my Omer, why do I need all these Pesukim to make the same basic point that when you take someone's money, it's as if you killed them. The Chitem in Nefesh Day, maybe you're going to say from the Pesuk that he gets punished as if you took the Nefesh of the Nigzal low, Nefesh of the low, but maybe it's not like you killed his children. So Tashima, that's why we have another Pesuk Maybe you'll say, yeah, that's if you don't pay for that which you stole. But if you just force a guy to sell you something that he wasn't interested in selling, that's not like taking his nefesh. So Chamas means that you uh, you paid for it. Maybe you're going to tell me that's only if you took you you directly took the uh, the the items from the other guy. But if it was only in an indirect way that you cost them their parnasa, that's not like taking their nefesh. So Tashma, that's why we have with the story of Shal. We don't find anywhere that Shal ever killed the Gavonim. That but because uh, Shal uh, killed out Novira Kohanim because uh, they, he, he uh, accused them of harboring a criminal by covering for David, by giving David safe haven when David was running from Shal. So uh, so Shaul killed out Novira Kohanim, and they were the ones that, that uh, he killed. He killed out the Givonim. They were the ones. Uh, um, I'm sorry, because he killed Novira Kohanim, that uh, would provide the Givonim with Mayim and Mazon. Um, so it's as if he killed. It's as if he killed them. So uh, because uh, they, they they lost out on their ability to have uh, to have Mayim and Mazon. So uh, so by taking away their Parnasa, it's as if he killed them. Uh, the, the the capital in Tehillim that's about uh, Davar Melech laments, Novi Rakhanim is Kapitul Nun Beis. So 
always easy to remember that. It's a capital nov. I don't know if that was on purpose, but avlochem and anashim. You're allowed to buy from women kleitzemer biyuda and kleipishtan in Galil. So Tan Rabban avlochem and anashim kleitzemer biyuda kleipishtan in Galil. Avloyenus shvad muslasos. You're not allowed to buy from women wine or oils or flowers. Vlomen avadim, vlomen tinokos, nor from avadim or tinokos anything. Abishalom or mecharis yishabar bava chamisha dina kadei lasos kipul erosha. A woman could sell something that's worth four or five dina in order to make a shmata for her head. But if they tell you to hide it, then it's always going to be Yasser. buy from Nashim Avadim and Katanim a small amount, but not a large amount. People who own an olive press that sell oil could buy from, from you're allowed to buy from their wives Shemin and Zesim when they're selling it uh, a, a lot in a public way because that obviously is with the Rishos of their husband but if it's just a little bit on the side <coughs> you have to be choshesh. That's not with the rishos of their husband. In Galila Elyon, even if it's a small amount, you don't have to worry that it's being stolen because a lot of times the the husband doesn't want to sell it a small amount. He's embarrassed to do so, so he sends out his wife to do it. Ravina Ravina was in a place called Mechuza. The women of Mechuza came out and put in front of him all sorts of jewelry to give to Tzedakah, and he accepted that as a, as a donation. Didn't we learn that Makabli Tzedakah are not allowed to take from women a Dover Meruba because maybe they're giving without their husband's uh, consent? He said, do you know what kind of wealthy neighborhood this is? That uh, this is not considered a Dover Meruba for, uh, for these people. Okay, says the Mishnah. Now we're talking about whatever trimmings are left over when you do a job, who gets to keep those? So when a launderer has a little bit of pieces of wool that come off of the beged in the process of doing the laundry, he's allowed to keep that little, those little pieces of wool and use them for stuffing for a cushion or something. But when someone is scraping clothing where a lot more comes out, that the wool that comes off for the beggar has to go to the Balabayas. When people would weave begadim, they would leave three strands of a different uh, type of, uh, of, of material uh, at the end of the beggar. So the koves, the launderer, is allowed to keep those strands. Vehein shalo. Yes, he came, but any more than three, Balabayas goes back to the owner of the beggar. If it was black strands on a white beggar, no tell Then the koves could take everything. Vehein shalo, he's allowed to keep it for himself. If a uh, a tailor left a, uh, a strand that's big enough to use for sewing. Or he left a patch that's three by three at bows. That goes back to the balabais. That which a uh, a, a uh, carpenter is uh, the the trimmings of uh, his carpentry work after he saws things. He gets to keep. But uh, larger pieces that belongs to the balabais. And if he's working by at the 
the Balabais is home as a Shir Yom, Afan Nasarim Shal Balabais, then even the Nasarim, even the smaller pieces, go to the Balabais. So now tell Rabbanan, the Brice elaborates. Lokan Mokan Minakovis Meshain Shalok. You could buy the small the small pieces of wool that come off when doing the laundry from the Kovis, because he's allowed to keep those things. Hakovis notal shne chutinal yonim vein shalok. The two upper strands of the beggar, the Kovis is allowed to keep. Lo Yatalbo, Yosemishlosha Chovin. But when he's sewing on loops on the edge of the beggar in order to, to hold the beggar taut when they need to uh, when they need to wash it, um, he shouldn't uh, he shouldn't uh, do it too uh, too strongly uh, to hold it too taut because that's going to tear the beggar. So it should only be three uh, three stitches. And he shouldn't uh, he shouldn't comb the beggar uh, along the 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 Everything is chassis or eriv. So the along the chute chassis because the beggar might rip that way but rather along the other the other way the other direction where it's less likely that the beggar would rip you can cut along the length of the beggar but not along the width of the beggar if you're coming to cut a strand or a strip of the beggar off in order to straighten it up until tefach you're allowed to do so we said in the bride said that a kobes takes the didn't we learn that he's allowed to take three solo kasha the Bryson that allows taking only two is talking about very strong, thick chutin, and the Bryson that allows taking three is talking about uh, much uh, weaker chutin. The Bryson had also said that you shouldn't scrape the beged, comb the beged along the chassis, only along the erev. But didn't the Bryson say the opposite? The Bryson says that you should be, uh, you should comb the beged along the erev is talking about a talus that you wear every single day where your main capeta is that it shouldn't tear not that it has to look so nice you just need it every day so you can't have it uh, torn so that's how you comb it in that direction where it just won't tear even though it won't look as nice when you comb it whereas if it's a uh, nicer type of beggar that you only wear on special occasions it's your your main interest is that it look nice so even though it's a higher risk of tearing you want to make sure that it looks as nice as it could possibly be we said that you shouldn't put more than three stitchings of loops that will hold the beggar in place. So, when you stick the, the needle with the thread in and then pull it out the other end, is that considered one stitching? Or is that considered two stitches? One on the way in and one on the way out. So, take the Gemara is not sure how to do the cheshman of what's called three stitches that you're supposed to attach the loops with. So, that you can uh, even it out along the length but not along the width. But we learned to Bryce that says the opposite. Lokasha. Hub glima. The Bryce that says that you could do it along the length is talking about a glima where uh, all along the, you don't want protrusions along the length of the beggar. Hub But if it's a belt where only the width of the beggar shows after you tie the whole gartel, only the width is what uh, hangs down. So that's where you want, uh, you want it evened out on the width. You shouldn't take uh, the pieces of wool from a from a person whose profession is that he combs the begadim because he's not allowed to keep those things. So you're taking stealing, stealing stolen items. But if you're in a place where the minig is that the sorik is allowed to keep those things, then mochin, then you're allowed to buy from him. Because you're allowed to buy a cushion, a cat that's full of, uh, of stuffing from a guy who scrapes begadim, who combs begadim, because even though it may be stolen things that he's stuffing the cushion,
cushions with, but he was it with the shinoi, and therefore you're allowed to take those uh, those cushions. Right? Uh, they, normally they just stuff cushions with whatever scraps they have left over. That's why there's sometimes shotness problems because they'll just take whatever they have left over and they'll uh, they'll stick it in the cushion. I just got a shot yesterday. Someone bought a couch and discovered that it's shotness. How did you discover who checks their couches for shotness? They did. So they uh, they discovered that it's shot. So Tan Rabbanon, Ein lo migardi lo irin velo nirin velo pun kallin velo You're not allowed to buy from a uh, weaver. Irin uh, are the pieces of wool that uh, that are put in the in in, in the kana eriv uh, that it shouldn't uh, that it shouldn't it shouldn't uh, fall out uh, that the eriv strand shouldn't fall out nor the nirin which uh, which are the chutin by the shasi velopun kallin nor the, uh, the 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 loops that they make for the uh, for 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 uh, uh, w- without any kana shiuri pekios, nor that which is left over of the chutei ashasi, because all of these things, the chazaka is that they're stolen from the balabayas. Avalochim and beged menumar, but you're allowed to buy a spotted beged with different colors on it, because it's muchach that it's made of different types of tzemer that were stolen, because uh, but he was kona b'shinoi by sewing it all together. So, uh, and also erev v'shasi, those irin that you uh, put in the kana erev that we said that you're not allowed to buy from them, so tavivarik, if they're already spun and woven, then you're allowed to buy them because the guy was kona them with the shinoi. So Amri hashta tavi shakli arug me So if once it's spun as a thread, you're allowed to buy it because that's enough of a shinoi. So you need to tell me that if it's woven, it's enough of a shinoi. The weaving comes after. So my arug tiki arug means if they somehow manage to weave things that were never actually spun. So if you skip the spinning process, so you're allowed to buy that which is woven without ever actually being spun. Tarabban ain lo below osos. You're not allowed to buy from a dyer the osos the pieces of cloth that he cuts from the beged in order to see if the dye is taking to the beged vlodugmos nor the pieces of wool that you would bring to the dyer in order to show him what color you want him to dye it, meaning the uh, samples, nor pieces of wool that come out a little bit uh, from the giza, because all of those things, he took without the balabayas knowing it, and stolen items. But you're allowed to buy a beget you don't have to worry that a full beget was a stolen item, and if it was, even if it was a stolen item, he was calling it by dyeing it, and and also begadim. That uh, spun uh, begadim that uh, that you're not allowed to buy. It, it, those begadim we said you're not allowed to buy if he was tov with them or he made begadim out of them. If he either spun the threads or made begadim out of them, then you are allowed to buy them from him. So Gemara asks him, Kasha, wait a second. Spinning the threads happens before you make the begadim. So Asha tovi shakal. If you're allowed to buy tovi from him, so begadim me buy You need to tell me that once you make it into all begad, you're allowed to buy it from him. Obviously, he was ready kona b'shinu at the stage of tviya. So my begadim namti. So again, the Gemara is saying if somehow you managed to make a begad without ever spinning the threads. That's what so it's talking about, the gadim that were made uh, as felt that were just uh, material that was pressed together without ever spinning any threads. If you give uh, leather to a tanner, that which he cuts from the leather in order to even it out on the edges, and the pieces of wool that are left on the, on the, on the leather that, he's, uh, that he pulls off in order to smooth it out, that goes back to the balabais. And the small pieces 
pieces of wool that come out uh, by rinsing it in the water, that the guy who's working on the tanning of the leather is allowed to keep. We said that if there was a, a black strand on, white, on a white baguette, so the kovis uh, gets to take, to take that, uh, those strands. Amr of Yudah, Katsra Shemei. The kovis is called in Arami, he's called a Katsra, the Katsra Shakle. And those strands that are Mekatsar the Beged, that shorten the Beged, they belong to him. So it's an appropriate name that he's given a Katsra because he gets to shorten Begadim and keep that which he cuts off of the Begadim. Amr of Yudah, Kol Olin the Minyan Tcheles, that if, he's not, if he doesn't cut off those three chutin, then they count to the cheshbon of uh, the halach is you need to leave a melo kesher godel from the edge of the beggar before you put the tzitzis in. Tcheles sometimes the uses the term tcheles when it just means tzitzis. It doesn't mean dafka tcheles. Uh, so, but since tcheles is the ikra of tzitzis, it's a more valuable of the two types of strings. So we call it tcheles sometimes. But the point is that you're not allowed to put the tzitzis at the very edge of the beggar. It's always a little bit up on the beggar. So when you're cheshbining that, these stri- strings, if he hasn't pulled them off of the beggar, count toward that measurement of Yitzchak but my son Yitzchak is makbid not to include them in the measurement and therefore he pulls them off of the edge of the beged if leaves a, 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 enough of a strand to sew with then the balabais keeps that how big of a strand is that it's a needle's length plus more so how much plus more is a plus another Mashahu, or is it a melomachat plus a mashahu? So Tashima says, well, let's try to bring a raya. If a, if a tailor leaves a strand of, uh, of, of uh, a thread that's less than you can sew with, or a patch that's less than three by three at suppose, and if the balabais is makbid on it, then it belongs to the balabais. But ain't balabais makbid alein, if the balabais is not makbid on it, then it belongs to him. So you see in the in the Brisa that even less than kedei lit for boat, which is is royal litfira, the balabais might be makbidan. So iam if you're going to say that the shear of kedei lit for boat is melo machat v'chutzl machat kamelo machat, that lit for boat means a double melo machat. So then I understand pachus mikan chazilisiksa how you could have even less than that that the balabais might still be makbidan because you could use it for uh, for to, to you know uh, for one. Uh, uh, you know, uh, what, what, uh, pushing it into a baguette once by running the thread through the baguette one time. If it's more than a melomachat, that's still left. But if kdei tefira is a melomachat plus a teeny tiny mashu, well then pachus mikan the Well then anything less than that is not right for anything. Why would any balabais ever be makbid about that? So we see that's a raya that kdei uh, tefira means a, a double melomachat. It's melomachat plus another not just plus a mashu. Okay, then we said mashu acharish. Whatever the uh, the, uh, the the carpenter is uh, able uh, with the trimmings from his saw, he uh, belongs to the to, to him, and the kashil belongs to the balabais. The larger pieces from uh, from uh, bigger uh, saws, I guess that uh, that belongs to the balabais. So remini mashu acharish motzi b'maatzad. That which uh, the, the the trimmings that come off of the wood with a maatzad va'nifsak b'megira, and that which comes off using a megira. These are different types of carpentry uh, tools. That goes to the balabais. Those are big cut, uh, cuts of, of, of 
of wood. But that with the tiny little chips that come from the Mekadeach, or Mitachas Rehitni, or from the Rehitni, which are which just smooth out the edge of the wood, or the small chips of wood that come from the Magira, that belongs to him. Now in our mission we said, that which comes from the Ma'atzad is Harei Shalom. And over here in the Brisa we're saying, that which comes from the Ma'atzad is not Shalom, that it goes back to the Balabais. So that's the Stira. So says Amarava, these are just words. What's a Ma'atzad? So one place a Ma'atzad meant one type of tool, another place it meant another type of tool. So in the place of the Tan of our Mishnah, there were two types of saws. The large one they would call a Kashil. And the smaller one they would call a Matzad. So it only produced very tiny uh, trimmings, and that's why the carpenter gets to keep those things. But in the place of the Tana of the Brisa, there was only one type of saw, and they called that a Matzad, and made much bigger trimmings. And that's why he went to the Balabais. So these are just words. Again, if you don't know what, 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 what the utensil looks like, what the tool looks like, so it's very hard to know what any of this is. But we said if he's working by the Balabais, the Balabais keeps everything. People who um, chisel stones. It's not gezel for them to keep the, uh, the, the chiseled pieces. People who cut off the branches of trees and gefanim when it's overgrown. People who uh, pick the, the thorns out of, from among these ra'im. Or they pick out uh, uh, the, the rakos that, that, that grow among these ra'im. People who pull, pull out some of the rakos to leave because they're growing too tightly together. It all depends on the Akbada, the Balabais. If he's Makbada, then it's Gazel, otherwise, Harei Shalom. Amrav Yudah Kishus, a certain type of, uh, of, of herb that grows, um, that, that, uh, that they put in, in, into beer, um, so the chazis, and, uh, and the stubble of, of grain, ain't Behem Mishum Gazel. No one's Makbada about these, and therefore it's not Gazel. But if you're in a place where people are Makbada about it, then it is Gazel. Amrav Yudah Muslim Chasya, Asr Dekaptihu. Asr Dekaptihu. Muslim Chasya is a place where they're makbid. And Rashi writes, because they have a lot of behemos and they need mire tov. Marsha points out he didn't want to end the Masechta with the word mire, because the last three words are resh, uh, last three letters are resh, ay, and hey. So he wrote, not just they need it for grazing, lemira tov. So he could end uh, be Messiah bedavar tov. So hadran alach, gozel basa, from tomorrow, we'll begin Masechta as bav mazel tov, everybody on the seum. Thank you. Mazel tov, everyone. Shkayach. Thank you. Be well. Okay.